0: Thank you for your goodness to us, expressed in the love of Jesus. Thank you for uh, all those who served this week. And we pray again for a double portion of your blessing, refreshment, restoration upon them. And as we prayed before the service, Lord, as a team, just ask that every single seed of love planted in every child, in every family, in every worker, Lord, that that seed would come come to fruition and that uh, tree of faith would burst uh, forth in each heart. That, Lord Jesus, you would uh, call everyone to yourself as your child. Let's pray, Lord, that you open our minds, our hearts now as we look to the scriptures and explore a response to the the great love that you've given us, to trust in you with all that we have. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Well, thanks. I think uh, it is so good for us to sort of... uh, I don't think we're all religious and hyped up on a normal Sunday, but it's just good for us to sort of turn everything else off and just be um, be children, be children before the Lord. I mean, that's God's call to us, to come as children. And we sometimes, well, I'll just put it on myself, I sometimes can get so daggone heady about my faith, thinking that if I can just work it out up here, somehow it'll work itself into here and out through here. When the reality is... uh you know, Paul uh, Paul told the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians 11, he said, I'm concerned for you that the enemy would lead you away from the simplicity and the purity of devotion to Christ. That's what we see in the kids. We see the simplicity and the purity of devotion to Jesus. And so I just want to pray this morning that that simplicity and purity of childlike faith is ours as we go forth. Not that we just say, oh, that was cute, but that we literally walk away changed this morning. More like Jesus. Um, last Sunday, I was uh, I was on a beach. I know you don't feel sorry for me. All right. Not an ocean, but a big lake that looks like an ocean. And I love the beach because I feel like often when I get to that place where sort of it, I see the expanse of God's creation, I feel humbled and somehow my ears open, my spirit opens and I can hear God. So I was just uh, walking down this beach in uh, Lake Michigan and asking God, "Would you show me your love? I really I really want to know your love." Remember last Sunday's message, you may remember, was about love, the love of God. We're the beloved. And I was just walking and and thinking, "God, I want to I want to live that out. I want to know what your love really feels like." And so often I think that I have a picture of God's love as a very gentle, you know. It, and and there is, there's a very gentle part of God's love. I feel that, the tenderness of God, you know. The psalmist talks about the love of God, you know, like the tenderness of a mother caring for a child. And I love that. But God had a different picture of love that he wanted to give me last week. And so I'm praying about love. I got an iPod on and there's this song about love. Happens to have a line in there about the furious love of God. And I'm walking out and it starts to get dark behind me a little bit. And uh, you could just see this storm come in from Chicago. They create storms there, you know. You see it coming in, you know, and I sort of started to feel in my body like something serious is about to unleash. But I kept walking north, you know, and finally, at one point, I I, uh, I passed a woman going the other way and she had a real frantic look on her face. And she turned around quickly and I'm thinking something's coming big. So I started walking back and I'm, I'm meditating on the love of God and asking him to reveal his love for me and and uh, listening to this song about the furious love of God. And I mean, you ever been in a storm when it just hits in a second? It was like, oh, it's going to And the wind and the rain came so powerfully. I mean, literally, I was, you know, doing one of these deals against the wind down the beach and the the water was pelting me. And it was weird. I had a little bit of fear like this could be my last day or I could end up on the shores of Chicago at some point. But there was another part of me that was, I mean, you can imagine the feeling, right? I was just in glory because it's like God had unleashed the tiniest part of an example of the power of his love. Not just the gentleness that woos us, but the power that changes us. And I mean, it probably looks funny. I felt like I was in a movie or something, but I started running into This gale, you know, it was pelting me. I was completely soaked in the mean, you know, I'm going like this. I'm so excited. In the meantime, I'm thinking, God, save the iPod. God, save the Blackberry because they're in my pockets, you know, I can't afford another one. I can't afford another one. God, I love you, you know. But it was amazing. I mean, it's just it's just the encounter from God that I needed to recognize that the love of God is not just gentle. It's powerful. And the uh, the natural the logical response to a love of God like that is one word, it's trust. It's not an easy word, but it's it's a, the logical outcome of God releasing love upon us. When we recognize how God feels about us. What the kids learned this week is not just for kids, that God made us, that God hears us, that he watches over us, that God loves us unconditionally no matter the state of our hearts and our lives, that God gives good gifts to us. That's not just a message for kids. It's a message for adults, too. And sometimes we, I think, we can imagine the unconditional love of God for a child. I mean, come on, up here, four-year-old, I've got two frogs at home. You just say God loves that, right? But somehow we get to some age and we start to think, well... It's, my cuteness doesn't get me anywhere anymore. Now God's got an expectation of me. My, um, my grandfather, wonderful man, um, had serious trust issues. <laughs> and um, what we found is through all the grandchildren and then great-grandchildren during my grandfather's life, he always loved the youngest you could see that as each child came, he switched his affection to the youngest. And you know why that was? Because the youngest always did what he wanted. Once you got to the age where basically you had a little will and could make a decision he didn't approve of, the love came back. It was conditional. And I think many of us with God, we feel that way. You know, once we get to a certain age, all of a sudden that love that we can glory in for children or as a child, we say, oh, now... Man, now I've got to earn it. And up here we would say we know that's not true, but down here it works itself out in awful ways in our lives. The love of God is not like my grandfather's love. It's unconditional. It's eternal. It never ends. It's both gentle in wooing us, and it's powerful to change us. That's what the love of God does. And the natural, logical response to that kind of love is what? Trust. It's Trust. I just want to look at this uh, verse from Psalm 139, just two verses, (laughs) just two verses of what were read from Psalm 139. This is what the Bible says. This is the reality that we live in. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. This is truth about you. This is you claim this as reality. Here's where I want to focus. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. All the days ordained for me, every day prepared by God for you, was written in his book before one of them came to be. In other words, you can trust God with your life. Do do you realize that there's nothing in your life right now that's surprising to God? Just sit on that one for a second. Whatever's going on, whatever you're contemplating, the big decision you need to make, the, the pressure you feel right now, the guilt you feel from the past, the concern you feel for the future, maybe the joy you're in right now, the unexpected blessing. do You know, God's not surprised by any of it. It comes as no shock to God that you are in your life exactly where you are right now. Now, don't get me wrong. It doesn't mean that God is perfectly pleased with everything happening in every life here. That's not reality. The reality is we all stray. And there are parts of each of our lives that we're not proud of and that God looks down on and he's not so keen about. But those areas don't take his love away. They don't impact his affection for us. And God's not the least bit surprised at where we are in our lives. Every day ordained for you was written in God's book before one of them came to be. He made you just as you are. He sees you right where you are. He watches over you, everything that you do. He loves you unconditionally, and he gives good gifts to you. I mean, just the gift of joy this morning is a gift that so many of us need to just take in. So the logical response to love like that is trust. But honestly, for some of us, trust is a real difficult thing, right? How many of you, by a show of hands, I won't make you testify, have ever had someone that you trusted break your trust? In other words, not do what they said they were going to do. Or do what they said they wouldn't. Every single one of us has had some experience of conditional love in our lives where trust we thought was well-placed was apparently not well-placed. And so a lot of us have come through life And there's a broken trust. Our little trust mechanism doesn't work. So I say, trust God. And you're saying like, yeah, it's a great idea. Maybe tomorrow. Because it hurts too bad when trust isn't in a trustworthy person. And so, you know, what happens when trust gets broken is we go down this track. And I know this track. All right. Been on this track before. We go down this track of I'm all by myself in the world. I can trust only me and that only some days. And so I've got to be anxious, I've got to be fearful, I better work really, really hard. And all of a sudden we get to this place where we have to control everything in our lives. We do it different ways, right? We all have our different ways. But the enemy comes to each one of us with this temptation of, you know what? You can't trust God. Wasn't that the very first lie spoken in the garden? Did God really say? It's what the serpent said to Adam and Eve. Did he really? Are you sure about this God? And so that seed of doubt is put into us by the enemy. And when someone that we trust breaks our trust, we go, man, that's it. I knew it. I'm on my own. But boy, the fruit of a life on your own without trust in the sovereign one who planned every day. It, it's just not fun. <laughs> Am I right? It's just not fun to walk as if you're all alone in life. To walk as if everything's on you. Because God's ordained every single day. I want to ask God this morning for a renewal, a healing of trust in us. Even for those who feel like God himself has not been trustworthy. I read often from a book called My Utmost for His Highest, Oswald Chambers. Brilliant guy. Uses kind of British language. Doesn't always make sense. Sometimes I throw it down and say, I don't know what that guy's talking about. That guy's a whack job, and then sometimes it hits me square between the eyes of the heart. That's what it did yesterday. I picked this up, and uh, it happened to be my birthday yesterday. So, on on all, that's a good, good enough. I didn't say it for that. But here's my point. I, I love to hear God, but I especially expect to hear God on my birthday. You know, I have doubts through a lot of the year, but on my birthday, I think, man, this is my day. If ever you're going to talk, do it now. And I find that with that holy, faithful expectation I put on God, he comes through. He speaks to me. And so I just ask God through today, speak to me through the scriptures appointed for the day, through the readings, through everything that happens. And So I picked up July 16th and I've read this for years on my birthday, but I forget it. (laughs) And so I got it again. And the title of this July 16th is the notion of divine control. And this is what he says. God urges us to keep our minds filled with the notion of God's control behind everything. You see the verse? Every day ordained for you, written in the book of God, before it came about. God's control behind everything, which means that the disciple, the follower of Jesus, is to maintain an attitude of perfect trust and an eagerness to ask and to seek. Keep in your mind the idea that God is there. Once your mind is notioned along that line, then when you're in difficulties, it's as easy as breathing to remember why my father knows all about it. It's not an effort. It comes naturally when perplexities press. Before you used to go to this person and that. But now the notion of the divine control is forming so powerfully in you that you go to God about it. Jesus is laying down the rules of conduct for those who have his spirit. And this is the principle. God is my father. He loves me. I shall never think of anything he will forget. Why should I worry? I'll never think of something that God's forgotten or missed. Why should I worry? This one got me, and I'm not sure I agree with him here, but I'll put it out there for you to think of. He says, there are times when God cannot lift darkness from you. But trust him. God will appear like an unkind friend, but he's not. He will appear like an unnatural father, but he's not. He will appear like an unjust judge, but he's not. Keep the notion of the mind of God behind all things strong and growing. Nothing happens in any particular unless God's will is behind it. Therefore, you can rest in perfect confidence in him. That's tough, but it's true. Trust is the logical response to the love of God. And I'll tell you, even yesterday on my birthday, it was pressed. It was pressed. Um... We're just getting to know the neighbor across our backyard, just the fence. You know, we're kind of like fence neighbors. We just, you know, I'm grilling and we do this and the dog comes up and we say hi. And they've got a three-year-old named Jack and, and we talk. And we're just developing the relationship. And um, we got, uh, why am I telling this? <laughs> we just got the news yesterday that um, Travis, uh, the, the father, was in an accident last Sunday we didn't know about it through the week. He was in an accident last Sunday in Bloomington, and um, he had brain damage. And they did surgery on Thursday and again on Friday, and yesterday they pronounced him dead. Three-year-old, newborn, two-month-old. I think, God, I'm all about this love deal, right? But, got it, are you kidding me? So even yesterday, when this powerful love of God is right there, I recognize, you know what? I say it all the time. We live between the times. We live in the now and the not yet. The love of God is palpable, powerful, unconditional, eternal, never changes, never ends. Nothing happens in our lives outside of God's knowledge. Every day written for us, ordained. Ordained for us, written in his book before one comes to pass. And somehow in that love, God is able to see this tragedy. But knowing the love of God, I I changed my thought from anger to, all right, God, now you've given us an opportunity. Megan needs us now. Megan needs us. Megan doesn't have a church. Megan doesn't have a pastor. I don't know if Megan has a lot of friends or family around. But you know what? She's going to experience the love of God. She's going to experience from our household. (laughs) Over the fence, under the fence, down the chimney, whatever it takes to show her that in spite of this, God loves you. God loves you. It's hard to trust even when we experience the love of God because trust, by its very nature, assumes there's a certain lack of knowledge on your part, right? You don't have to trust something that you can see and know. So trust implies lack of knowledge. Who likes to not know stuff? No, we want to know it all. How is this going to play out? And God says, you know what? I've got that part worked out. You don't have to worry about it. Here's what you get to do. Trust. Trust in my love. It's right there. If we'll choose it. Trust breeds trust. When our trust is placed in the only one who's completely trustworthy in God himself. And then there are those times, just because I see tender eyes out there, I better do a happy story. <laughs> there are those time, times when God rewards our trust with an immediate physical uh, presentation of his love and care. My daughter was uh, studying overseas for the last six weeks. She just came back last week. She was in Paris. Tough, Right. <clears throat> She was uh, she was in Paris and she was studying, so she had to go back and forth from her apartment to the school. And one night, you know, she only told us this after the fact, because it scares the bejeebers out of you as a dad. She said, hey, dad, mom, I wanted to let you know what happened. I was coming home last night on the metro, last metro of the night. I didn't even ask what time the last metro is in Paris. I don't want to know what time it was, but she was coming on the last one. And um, and uh, she goes down into the metro station. She's waiting for this train. And a guy comes up to her. And he's being weird. And he's being kind of aggressive and kind of forceful. And she's getting scared. So she said, I just started to pray in tongues under my breath. you know. She's just praying. God, you know, just praying in the spirit. And the guy c- came closer to her and like, what are you saying? Why are you talking so fast? <laughs> What's going on here? You know, And she was feeling physically afraid. There were not a lot of people around. She's just praying, she's just praying, she's praying. She felt like God said, don't worry, I've got you. Just at that minute, a train, the the one uh, one train went by, she's waiting for her last one. On the other side of the tracks, this guy walks down the steps, large black man dressed in white. This man walks down and he just stands there and the guy that was sort of confronting her looks over at this guy and literally he walked away. And the Lord said to Sarah, that's your angel over there. So she's praying more in time. She's so excited. She's so thrilled. She's, she's so amazed. She walks up out of the metro. She said, in Paris, when you're an American, everyone looks at you. Okay? Sarah's got three reasons for people to look at her. She's American, she's beautiful, and she's beautiful. <laughs> she said, I could not walk down the street without people looking at me. I mean, Americans stick out everywhere. But in Paris, you know, they're all, they stick out. She said, the Lord spoke to her while she was walking because she was feeling afraid again. You know, God provided the angel or whatever you want to call him the provision of God. She got she got nervous again. And the Lord said, don't worry, you're invisible. This is like my son, the superhero freak. This is his like dream. (laughs) You're invisible. (laughs) Don't worry, the Lord's invisible. She said, Dad, nobody looked at me. It's as if nobody saw me. And I went home into my apartment safe and went to bed. Sometimes, When we give our trust to God, he comes in a palpable, physical way of just releasing his protection over us. And when we trust in him and he shows us, it breeds in us more trust, more trust, more trust. Some of us want to know clearly what's coming. But at some point in every believer's life, there comes the time where we have to stop praying for clarity and start praying for trust. Maybe that's yours today. Maybe you switch your prayer from God, make it clear for me, to God, give me the grace to trust you. Because why? Every day ordained for you was written in God's book before one of them came to be. I want to pray for us who are followers of Christ to renew this morning our trust in the God who made us, who hears us, sees us, watches over us, with angels we don't even know about most of the time who loves us unconditionally, and who gives good gifts to us. You know, the last thing that the kids learned this week was about the good gifts that God gives us. And God's given a gift to every person here. That's the gift of His unconditional love through Jesus. Here's what the Bible says. God demonstrates His own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners, while we were still doing the things that separate us from a perfect and holy God, missing the mark of perfection, as every one of us has done and as we continue to do, God demonstrated his love by this. Christ died for us and he did it to pay for our sin so that that thing that keeps us from God could be washed, cleansed, forgiven, and we could have a relationship with the God who loves us, who made us. John 1.12 says this to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. This is the gift offered this morning. If you're here this morning and you've never accepted the gift of God's forgiveness through Jesus, then the simple prayer of faith is the prayer of acceptance. You just say, God, I don't deserve grace. But Jesus, I thank you that you died on the cross for my sins. I ask you now, come into my life. Forgive my sin. Cleanse me. Show your love to me. Because I trust you. That prayer brings you into the family of God. And you become a child, as it were, like we are were this morning. Accepting the love of God that can never be taken away, that can never be lost, that no other force in the world can overcome in your life. The unconditional, powerful, gentle and furious, longing love of God. Let's pray. The communion servers can come forward. We'll get ready for communion. God, we thank you this morning for that love, the gentle and the powerful love that you demonstrated in Christ. Lord, we ask, I ask this morning if there's anyone who's never experienced that love through a personal relationship with Jesus, Holy Spirit, come and do that work now. Give them the grace and the courage to accept the gift of salvation in Christ. For those of us, Lord, who celebrate this morning that gift to be the child of God, Lord, we renew our trust this morning and we say thank you that every day ordained for us was written in your book before anyone came to pass. And so, Lord, we say this morning, in places where we can see and in places where we can't see, we trust you. And in response to your love for us, Lord, we love you with all our hearts and minds and souls and strength. In Jesus' name, amen. Maybe you resonated with uh, the message of the free gift of God in Christ. And you've never asked Jesus to come into your life. But this morning you want to do that to establish that relationship of trust. Um, Then we would love to pray for you up here. Anything that we can pray for, we'd love to. So let me pray for all of us and then dismiss. God, thank you for your gift of love in Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that we are not alone in this world that in response to your great love that you made us and you see us and hear us, love us unconditionally and the great gifts that you give us, Lord, that we can respond with trust. Would you increase our trust level, Lord? Thank you for showing yourself trustworthy in every place in our life, Lord. Would you just release now upon us that grace to look to you and say, Lord, we trust you. And now, Lord, send us into the world of peace to love you and to serve you with gladness and singleness of heart. And let us release to the world the love and the power that you've given to us in Christ. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. The ministry team can come forward. If you'd like prayer, please come forward. Otherwise, go in peace to love and serve the Lord and trust him with all that you have. Have a great day.